how many springs does an official bowl have in it? How many springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why well, does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in this room. How come this room ain't bouncing? Hey everyone, this is the Love Means Nothing Tennis Podcast, and I am your super host, or just host, Chris Hasek Watt. Okay, it was a big weekend in tennis, a big weekend in sports. We've got a lot to talk about over the next week in tennis. Uh, we have a little bit of Laver Cup news, and we have a fashion collaboration, okay, between Wilson and Kith. Okay, if you're a fashion guy or gal, you will know of Kith. And if you are not a fashion guy or gal, you will not know of Kith. Okay, but either way, after listening to this, you will know of Kith. Okay, guys, this weekend, like I said, a big tennis weekend. I'm a little sore this morning because I played a little bit of tennis myself on... Saturday, and then I was in a pickleball tournament last night, okay? And that's hard on the lower back, a lot of bending. Uh, It was just a friendly, but I didn't treat it like a friendly. I was out there to win. I was competing. I was hitting overheads at old women. I didn't care, okay? And I did end up winning the tournament. I got a little trophy. I did a shot out of it last night. I felt good, okay? It was actually my friend's birthday, and I kind of took all the glory from him and I was happy to do it. Um, Anyway, moving on, enough about me. Nobody cares about me. I'm just here to talk about other people. That's why people are listening to me. Okay, before we get into tennis though, the US Open golf was on as, as well, okay? And I was initially cheering for Ricky Fowler because, well, you know, he's kinda had a tough couple years. He was in the lead anyway. I don't want to say he shit the bed, but he just didn't play very well yesterday. So it kind of came down to McElroy versus Clark. And um, man, it, McElroy was striking the ball like I've never seen, but the guy couldn't make a putt. Okay, this is what's plagued him over the last however many years. I don't think he made a putt outside of six or seven feet, and he lost by one stroke to, to uh, Clark. Anyway, it was pretty entertaining. I recorded it. I, I stayed up to like 1 a.m. last night watching it after my pickleball victory. So I was holding my trophy. I was still drinking out of it, watching the golf. It was a pretty nice night for me. Pretty nice evening. But anyway, okay. Seriously, enough about that. Let's talk tennis. Okay, so holy Stuttgart. I said it again. Holy Stuttgart. What a final. Uh, Tiafo ended up beating Struff. Okay, in a tight three-setter, he won the third set, 7-6-10-8 in the tiebreak with this phenomenal point to end it. He hit an overhead. Uh, Struff read it, took it early, hit a nice backhand, and then Tiafo just jabbed out and hit this volley that just went over the net and, uh, to win the tournament. So it was fun to watch. Um, Tiafo is now uh, in the top 10. He's a top 10 player in the world. Okay, him and Fritz, so two Americans are top 10. It's the first time, I think, since Roddick and Blake were top 10 players. I was actually, when I saw that, I didn't think James Blake was a top 10 player. 
He might have been in there for a couple weeks, but I don't think he really belonged in the top 10 player. He was good, but he wasn't that good. Tiafo will probably be in the top 10, I don't know, for not that long. He might get to 6 or 7 in the world, I think, depending on how he does in Wimbledon. But I would say Tiafo, yeah, I'd say he's probably a 10 to 14, 15 player in the world. But now he's kind of figured it out. Um, his game, his psychological game, okay, he's like, he's much more focused. He seems as fit as ever. And, yep, he's obviously having a good year. He's a he's definitely solidified him as an all-court player. He won in Houston on clay for the first time in his career earlier in this year. Not a great field, but still, a win is a win, especially on clay for him. And now he goes and wins on grass, and we all know he can win on hard. So um, Tiafo is kind of reaching new highs in his career. Great win. Struff, you know, tough finish for him. Obviously a great tournament. He lost in the finals against Alcaraz in Rome as well you know, three weeks ago. So he's had some great results. Hasn't quite gotten over the finish line, but it's all good. He's playing well. Um, okay, the Labema Open in Netherlands, another great final. Greeks poor, one in three sets. He beat Thompson. Um, another Dutch now for a second year in the row has won this tournament after that crazy run by Von Russian, not Russian, Rusin, whatever his name is. Um, you know what? I'm just going to look it up. No, nah, I'm not going to look it up. It's going to take too long. Um, but anyway, another Dutch won this tournament. Greek Spore played well. I think it's his own, It's his second ATP title. Um, probably his biggest, I would say, especially on home court. This is with a bum knee, at least how I see it. He's got a messed up knee. Um, Greek Spore only really hit my radar when he was playing at Indian Wells and played Alcaraz earlier this year, and he had a pretty tough or a tight match. Alcaraz won it, but... I saw Greek Spore play and I said, okay, this guy knows what he's doing, okay? He can read the court well, he's hitting shots, he seemed comfortable in that situation. So, um, he's no joke. Uh, good win for him, obviously. Moving on to the challengers, I, this is probably the most challenger talk, you know, that this podcast will ever see because I'm not really focused on the challengers unless something interesting happens. But we had two big names in the challengers, Andy Murray in Nottingham. Okay, he won that tournament. He won it on Father's Day. His kids surprised him. Beautiful moment. La, la, la. It's all good. And um, he won a whopping 19,650 euros. Okay, so he earned less than 4,000 euros a match at that level. Okay, this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying that not, these players aren't making a ton of money. Okay, you have to beat Andy Murray, okay, and win the whole tournament to make 20,000 euros. So when you're not playing at the absolute highest level in the, in the top tournaments in the world, when you're just one level down the challengers, like, I'm not saying 20,000 euros is a bad payday, but you have to win the tournament, okay, to make that amount. You have to beat a Andy Murray on grass to win 20,000 euros. It's tough. Nishikori won his tournament also, that challenger in Puerto Rico, and he probably made a total of $1,500 in that tournament. I have no idea. But based on the crowd, the attendance, the tournament, the, the 20 or 30 people that would show up on a daily basis, I can't imagine there was a large um, purse, okay, for that tournament. Anyway, good win for him. Hopefully, you know, we see him in some of the bigger tournaments coming up soon. Um, he seemed to be moving pretty well, so I guess he's relatively healthy. But you know who's not healthy? 
Nick Kyrgios isn't healthy. He just pulled out of Halley or London. Uh, I forget which tournament he was supposed to play. I think it was London. And um, <clears throat> yeah, he has his knee is still bothering him. I mentioned in a previous episode, it seemed like he tweaked it or did something to it in that last match because he started to move poor and poor throughout the match. That really sucks. Okay, so hopefully... Um, he's just a precautionary thing. And um, he'll be back soon. Berrettini, also not healthy. You know, after lo- after losing to Sinego and me being very concerned about where Berrettini's game's at and if he's ever going to actually make a comeback, he is now injured. I don't know if it's the ankles, okay, or what it is, but there's a good chance it's the ankles. Okay, I'm telling you, take those braces off and start strengthening those ankles otherwise that will be a liability for the rest of your career career and the rest of your entire life okay but anyway uh sad to see him pull out um i think when um i think when curios pulled out zverev moved into a seated um spot anyway let's go through the london draw right now okay so this is a stacked tournament. Okay. This is stacked. And I actually, I think the how I got confused between Halley and London for Curios. Ah, fuck it. Okay. I'm just going to stop talking and making things up that I actually don't really know about. But let's just go through the London draw right now. Like I said, it's stacked. Okay. Alcaraz first round has to play Arthur Phil's the... Apparently, the 19-year-old French player, I think he's actually 24 or 25. He does not look 19 to me. Sometimes these players do that, okay? They change their age and juniors so they can win tournaments. I have trouble believing that this guy's 19. You've got also got Leheka versus uh, Fokina in the second round. Um, that's just like a tough first-round match for both of those guys. I'm not sure about Fokina on grass, but still, good player. You have Dimitrov. Rusevori. I'm just going down the list. Okay, these are the first three matches, top to bottom. Like, that's a heavy hitter first round. Paul, Serendolo. Yeah, Serendolo, good on clay. Probably shit on grass. Paul's, meh. Tiafo versus Van de Chancel, but I can never pronounce his. Bo- Let's just say Botic. That's his first name. Um, another Dutch player. Uh, you know, he's kind of a push. He's just like a consistent player. I don't know if he's good on grass or not. Tiafo should beat him. Like I said, there might be a bit of a hangover. You know, after just winning a tournament, he might be a little bit sore. So we'll see what happens there. Korda versus Dan Evans in the other first round. Okay, this match has already been played. Korda beat him in two tight sets. You got Thompson, who just got to the finals against Rayonich. Okay, in the last tournament, Thompson beat Rayonich in the second round. So this is a bit of a rematch. Um, Demignor is playing Murray, okay? Demignor, I think, has beat him the last few times. It's been on hard courts. So I would say, you know, coming off the win, Murray, again, there might be a hangover, even though it was a challenger. You know, that's a, he's been playing a lot of tennis. But I'd still say Murray's going to take that one. Um, what else? Any other interesting matches? Um, the All-American match. Shelton did beat Wolf in two tie breaks. Might be his first win on grass. I don't know. Um, and 
Cressy plays Rune. Rune, sorry, Rune. I always want to say Rune. Rune being the second seed. Cressy beat him earlier in the year, and I remember watching it was an indoor match, which typically would favor Cressy with the big serve and volley game. Um, once you start adding in, you know, other elements when playing outdoors, it's usually a little bit harder for these serve and volleyers. I think Rune will win that, but you never know. Um, Cressy, you know, he can be tough. And since he already had a win against Rune, he'll go in there with some confidence. So we shall see. Moving on to Halle uh, in Germany here. I'm just pulling up the draw. Um, you know, this tournament's a little bit less stacked. Okay, but some good matches. Zverev um, is playing team. Okay, in their first round, team got a wild card into this. Um, the winner of that will play Shapovalov, who beat Lloyd Harris in the first round. Harris, I guess, you know, I always thought Harris was going to be better than he was. He had that like six month period um, a few years ago when he was playing well, but I think he's just been plagued with injuries. Anyway, Shapo won that. You know, if Chapel won this one, he'll probably lose next one because he'll, you know, if he plays well, then he ultimately will play like shit. Who knows, though? He's got a new coach. Maybe he'll be a little bit more consistent. Okay, Sitsipas just got through his first round, 7-6 in the third. Thank God, because I made the bold prediction, even knowing how crappy Sitsipas has been playing and how, you know, unfocused he's been on tennis because his focus has been elsewhere. Okay, if you didn't know, there's a little bit of a love affair going on with Bedosa. I only have been talking about it in every episode. I seem to be a little obsessed with it. But if you haven't listened, there's a little bit, there's something going on there. Okay, so, you know, like I said, he's been competing hard. Okay, but it's been in the bedroom. Now he needs to take that energy level, bring it to the tennis court. He did win his first round. I still think. Okay, well, I'm just going to, I don't know if I still think it, but my prediction is he's going to win this tournament. He does have a good draw. So if he starts to figure it out, I do think that he might surprise people. Uh, other than that, nothing too interesting for first round matchups uh, in this draw. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Okay. Let's move on, okay? So why don't we chat a little bit about the Labor Cup, which is going to be played in my hometown of Vancouver this coming September. So it was in London uh, last year, as we all know, with Federer retiring. It was just like an amazing event. Everyone was crying, etc., etc. And then the absolute worst part of the entire event last year is when they they ended up showing this introductory video for next year's Labor Cup in Vancouver, okay? And they made Vancouver look like it was a fishing village in Denmark, okay? It was so boring and so lame. I'm just going to play this video right now. I was embarrassed, okay? Everybody in Vancouver that had watched this and is in tennis that I know that like kind of is, I don't know, like with it, they thought it was just like, it was cringeworthy. Okay. So let's just play it here and I'm going to talk through it as they, uh, as we go. So here we go. And the music, just the music to start. Okay. Here we go. 
Okay, like, what is that? I'm falling asleep already. Has these boring pictures of Vancouver on like a gray day. I'm Royce Schwinn, FedEx truck was just driving by. Vancouver. Congratulations to London, the team at the O2, the players and the fans for such a spectacular Labor Cup. This guy doesn't even know tennis. He's like a tourist guy. And he's wearing like a like a fleece sweater. Chicago, Geneva, Boston, and now London. And our city is so pleased and proud that Vancouver has been chosen to host the sixth edition of the Labor Cup. You know, tennis has great lessons for all of us. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Be agile. And oh, you have to be agile. And those are the things that make our city special as well. The we city's agile? Tennis fans from all over the world to Rogers Arena, located in the heart of our spectacular city, in September of 2023. See you in Vancouver next year. Okay, and then the guy just hit a tennis ball and he has no idea how to play tennis, obviously, based on that stroke. Now you've got a... F okay. That was just... Anyway, why wouldn't they hire, like, an actual cool agency? But Vancouver is actually a very metropolitan modern city with, like, amazing architecture. It is beautiful. We have nature, but it has a lot more than that, okay? Um, but it just... It was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. If I had watched... if Okay, so if I was uh, lived internationally and I, watched, I was watching Labor Cup and then it showed the intro for next year Vancouver... No chance I would ever go visit that city or buy a ticket for this. So, well, you know, that might be a good thing because right now the ticket prices are astronomical. Okay. I say astronomical a lot. They're high. And um, maybe the prices will come down because nobody's going to show up after that. They need to revise that and put something else out on YouTube because that was pathetic. Um, but anyway... What happened with the Labor Cup news? So they announced over the weekend that Rude um, would be joining um, the Team Europe. Okay, so Team Europe is now Casper Rude, Sitsipas, Rublev, Rune, and there's two more that need to be announced. I personally think Djokovic is likely going to come. And one of the main reasons is because, you know, Vashik Pospisil is his boy. And Vashik is like a local Vancouver guy. So I think he's going to be hooking him up at all the different restaurants and whatnot. And just out of respect for Vashik, he'll probably come. And then for Team Europe, maybe like Zverev will play in it as well. I don't know. I like Zverev. I hope he comes to town. Um, and then Team World, you got Felix who sucks right now, he's injured, um, but anyway, he's Canadian, you got Fritz, you got Tiafo, you got Curios. hopefully he's good to go, um, and then, I don't know who else they're going to bring in, you know, if Shapo can get his shit together, then, you know, being another Canadian, that would make sense, but he's not a very good tennis player right now, so they're probably just waiting to see how he does over the next few months before they invite him on the team, and I don't know who else would be on that team. Um, that's all I had to say about Labor Cup. Uh, okay. Oh, the Wilson and Kith collaboration. Okay, so we all know Wilson. Okay, and Wilson, I think like, if you haven't been following Wilson closely, you would think that they don't really have much style. Okay, like their clothes are kind of boring. They sell in like, 
you know, Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that. But they have like a line of tennis wear that sells on their website that is actually like really dope. And I buy a lot of Wilson clothes. They're pretty cool. And so Wilson is owned by Amher Sports. Okay. And Amher Sports is this large kind of like, uh, how would you say, how would you call it? Not like an, like a fashion, like uh, empire, but they own a number of different brands. Okay. So they own Wilson, they own Arcteryx, which is a pretty big brand. They own Salomon, they own Peak Performance, they own Atomic, uh, they own Louisville Slugger, they own uh, Luxalon, and they own like probably six, seven, eight other brands. Okay, then that. So they're like a big company. They do over a billion dollars in revenue. Chip Wilson, who's uh, the founder of Lululemon, a mentor of mine, someone who I've had the honor of getting to spend time with. He's also a Vancouver guy. He owns uh, 25% of this company. So I actually think he's providing you know, some creative vision to these brands and upping their game. Uh, Wilson did launch a new collaboration with Kith. Okay, Ronnie Feig, he's the founder. He's like a streetwear guy from Queens in New York. He's got this like very devout following um, with like streetwear. It's almost like, well, it's it's unique, okay? It's really cool stuff. Um, and it's not like, I, I was gonna say kind of like Supreme. I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's a little bit like that, right? Where if they do like a drop, there'll be like a lineup of people outside of the store waiting to get their hands on it. Anyway, they did their initial collaboration with Wilson in 2021. I thought it was really cool. And now they just, they just dropped another collaboration um, over the last few days. It looks sick, okay? And I'm, I wanna get my hands on it. Ronnie Feig, the founder of of Kith. He's a really cool guy. I was just watching like a YouTube video on his story. Check check it out. Look up this guy if you're into fashion. Um, pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, I think that's really it for tennis news. Guys, I hope that was helpful. Um, if there's anything else, I'll have another podcast in the next day or two. These tournaments are going to be interesting. I don't think there's anything on the woman's side to go over. I know that I've kind of been neglecting women's tennis. I'm not a hater, okay? I've been talking a lot about Naomi, okay? So you got to give me that. Um, but uh, let's see. Has anything happened with uh, Eugenie Bouchard, the other fellow Canadian? She's, I saw a post on Instagram. I follow her on Instagram, and she said she played five sets in six hours, and she was pooped. Okay, she had this like cute, she had this cute photo with her tongue out showing, oh, I'm so tired, I've been playing tennis, but like it was obviously like, I'm tired, but this is like a nice photo of me, so I'm going to post it. Anyway, okay guys, thanks for listening. Um, This is the Love Means Nothing Tennis Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Hasekwat. We will talk again soon. Bye-bye.